walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me Waiting for change to come Knowing the battle's won For you have never failed me yet Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence You've never failed me yet I know the 
promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail. Your promise still stands. Great is your Now, as we begin to focus on the New Testament, our reading today comes from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 through 18. We'll see some Corinthians were questioning Paul's authority as an apostle. Imagine that. Paul gave his credentials as an apostle. He actually saw and talked with the resurrected Christ, who called him to be an apostle. Now, such credentials make the advice he gives in this letter more persuasive. Paul defends his apostleship in great detail as we go along here. Changed lives were the evidence that God was using Paul. May I ask you a question? Does your faith have an impact on others? No, you can be a life changer, helping others grow spiritually. If you dedicate yourself to be used by God and let Him make you effective. It really is a matter of walking in the light and being obedient. All right, as we get into chapter 9 here a bit further, we'll see that Paul uh, used himself as an illustration of giving up personal rights. Paul had the right to hospitality, to be married, to bring guests, to be paid for his work, but he willingly gave up these uh, rights to win people to Christ. The point being made here is that when your focus is on living for Christ, your rights become comparatively unimportant. Now, Jesus said that workers are worthy of their pay. Paul echoed this thought and urged the church to be sure to pay their Christian workers. We have the responsibility to care for our pastors, teachers, and other spiritual leaders. It's our duty to see to it that those who serve us in ministry are fairly and adequately compensated. Preaching the gospel was Paul's gift and calling, his passion. And he said he couldn't stop preaching if he wanted to. He was driven by the desire to do what God wanted him to do, using his gifts for God's glory. Well, what special gifts has God given you? Are you motivated, like Paul, to honor God with your gifts? With that, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. August 14th, the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 through 18. Am I, Paul, not as free as anyone else? Am I not an apostle? Haven't I seen Jesus our Lord with my own eyes? Isn't it because of my work that you belong to the Lord? Even if others think I am not an apostle, I certainly am to you. 
you yourselves are proof that I am the Lord's apostle. This is my answer to those who question my authority. Don't we have the right to live in your homes and share your meals? Don't we have the right to bring a Christian wife with us as the other apostles and the Lord's brothers do, and as Peter does? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have to work to support ourselves? What soldier has to pay his own expenses? What farmer plants a vineyard and doesn't have the right to eat some of its fruit? What shepherd cares for a flock of sheep and isn't allowed to drink some of the milk? Am I expressing merely a human opinion, or does the law say the same thing? For the law of Moses says, You must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. Was God thinking only about oxen when he said this? Wasn't he actually speaking to us? Yes, it was written for us, so that the one who plows and the one who threshes the grain might both expect a share of the harvest. Since we have planted spiritual seed among you, aren't we entitled to a harvest of physical food and drink? If you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supported? But we have never used this right. We would rather put up with anything than be an obstacle to the good news about Christ. Don't you realize that those who work in the temple get their meals from the offerings brought to the temple, and those who serve at the altar get a share of the sacrificial offerings? In the same way, the Lord ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. Yet I have never used any of these rights. And I am not writing to suggest that I want to start now. In fact, I would rather die than lose my right to boast about preaching without charge. Yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I am compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. If I were doing this on my own initiative, I would deserve payment. But I have no choice, for God has given me the sacred trust. What then is my pay? It is the opportunity to preach the good news without charging anyone. That's why I never demand my rights when I preach the good news.
The reading today from the book of Psalms will come from Psalm chapter 33, verses 12 through 22. Now, because God rules and overrules every nation, leaders should never put their trust in their physical power. That's the lesson here in Psalms for today. Military might is not the ground of our hope. No, our hope is in God and in His gracious offer to save us if we will trust in Him. Verses 18 and 19 speak of famine, but this is not an ironclad guarantee that all believers will escape starvation or even violent death. Thousands of Christian saints have been beaten to death, whipped, fed to lions, burned at the stake, or executed some way. God can and often does miraculously deliver His followers from pain and death, though sometimes, for purposes known only to Him, He chooses not to. When faced with these harsh realities, we must focus on the wise judgments of God. David was pleading for God's watchful care and protection. In times of crisis, we can place our hope in God. Now from the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 33, verses 12 through 22. What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people He has chosen as His inheritance. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From His throne He observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts, so He understands everything they do. The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear Him, those who rely on His unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. Let Your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in You alone. Proverbs chapter 21, verses 11 and 12. If you punish a mocker, the simple-minded become wise. If you instruct the wise, they will be all the wiser. The righteous one knows what is going on in the homes of the wicked. He will bring disaster on them.